Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Wednesday, July 6, 2022, and this is day 1569 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and praise you and glorify you. Thank you, Father, for waking us up this morning, allowing us to be in our right minds, to to move forward in the purpose you've given us for today. Help us to not take it lightly what you're giving us, to not take it for granted, to not belittle what you're giving us to do. No matter how insignificant the world might look at it to be, help us, Father, to see it as what whatever you would have for us to do, so be it, that it will be grand and that we will be joyful in doing it. I thank you, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today's message is, this causes a mess. Uh huh. It can be super messy when we put the love, we put love into money. All right. Money's not wrong by itself. It's the love of it that can create a great mess in our lives and carry over to others. So let's talk about that. Uh, Just before we do, I just want to make sure I always forget to say this on Wednesday nights. (laughs) We have Bible study and we call it Life Talk. And that's every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 7.30. Every now and then we go a little over and sometimes a little less, but we uh, get right on it and get right off. And uh, oh my gosh, the Lord just shows out. So that's uh, Wednesday nights. Uh, the link, uh, the Zoom link, it'll be on Zoom, is on our website at JackieBikesMinistries.org, which I will say more about that website later. Okay, so let's get into the word. This causes a mess. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through 21. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3 through 21. And Paul is teaching Timothy and he's letting him know about all these things. So he says, these are the things you are to teach and insist on. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, um, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and um, constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. So he listed all these things about this particular character type. And you've you've run into them, I'm sure. I have. Sometimes it could even be us. <laughs> Maybe we're no longer this way, but an unhealthy interest in controversies 
and quarrels. Have you ever run into someone that all they ever want to do is argue? All anything you bring up, it's it creates a, you know, a controversy. Anything, it's always strife, envy. They're envious of you, or there's maliciousness in their talk. Uh, there, they have evil suspicion, and then, and then he says this last part: who have been robbed of the truth. And you know who robs us of the truth? Our enemy, Satan. He robs us of the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me except, uh, come unto the Father except through me. So when we're robbed of the truth, we're robbed of Jesus. And then he says, who think that godliness is, is a means to financial gain. Oh, no, 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 not necessarily so. <laughs> Let's read on. But godliness with contentment is great gain. So being content in whatever state we are in. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Oh, yeah, I've been there, done that. Where money was, you know, in business because being an entrepreneur, oh, my gosh, that is like the driving force. Usually, I mean, it was for me years ago. That's changed, though. Verse 10 says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So when we do that, and it makes us wander away, it makes us leave the Lord, then we bring all these griefs upon ourselves. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the internal, eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession confession in the presence of many witnesses in the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which God will bring about in his own time God, the blessed and only ruler. Listen to who he is. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich in the presence of present world not to be arrogant for to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God which richly provides us with everything um, for our enjoyment so you you see he's saying don't put our don't put all of our our interest in wealth you know we need to 
uh, but to put their hope in God. That's where our hope needs to be in God, not in what we have, not in our materials, not in our houses, our cars, and all those things, but in God. And with God, he will provide us with all those things. Verse 18 says, command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. So when we do this, you know, we're laying up a foundation for those coming ages, for the future, you know, and that foundation, if the foundation isn't strong and secure, everything tumbles, everything falls. So that foundation needs to be strong. You know, we've talked about this in Ephesians, how the the man uh, is the foundation of that household uh, when with the husband and the wife. So uh, it says, uh, the man will give his life for his wife, just as Christ did for the church. So that man is that foundation that keeps that whole household together. The woman is the helpmate to the husband. And listen, this is for husband and wife. So you can't take God's principles and apply them to your life if you're shacking. (laughs) I'm just going to be honest, okay? It just doesn't work. It needs to be based upon God's principles, God's instructions. He said, married, when you're married. Of course, when we're living together, we take on, you know, we begin to act that way. I mean, me and my husband lived together for a year before we got married. And then you know, and one day we just got him and said, let's get married. <laughs> we were like 19. Uh, didn't know Jesus yet, but ooh, man, later, I, a few years after that, I came to know Jesus and it was the best thing I could have ever done. But understanding how important that foundation is and that foundation is something that we don't go look at and say, look at how beautiful our foundation is. No, we look at what's on top of it and we look at the house. We look at whatever was built up on that. But that's what we're creating a good solid foundation when we put God first, okay? He says in verse 19, uh, in verse 20, I'm sorry, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you into your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing have departed from the faith. Grace be with you all. Woo, praise God. Glory to God. He gave him a whole lot, Paul did right here, for all of us to take it and really meditate on that. You may have to read this a few times and take it a chunk at a time and ask God to reveal to you what it is in your own life that he would like for you to make an adjustment in as it pertains to this passage. So point number one, have you ever thought, if I only had more money, things would be perfect, or I would be so happy? Well, that's a lie straight from the pits of hell. Please understand that money or having money is not a sin. It's the love of money that's the problem. It's the root of, it is a root of all kinds of evil. So the root of the plant, for example, is what gives nourishment and growth to the leaves. If the root is bad, the plant can't live. Uh, if it's if it's good, the plant flourishes. 
The same goes for money love. If we count on it to make us feel good, we're actually making it our God, whereby strengthening the root to all kinds of evil. So we need to be aware of what we're doing. If we have money, God created it. We need money to live on this earth, okay, in this world system, right? But we don't worship money. While in the world system, we we are in the world, but not of the world. So while we're living here, we still function. You know, we still need a house. We still need money. We still need a car or transportation of some sort, some way, a bike or whatever it is, walking, whatever it is we need to do. And uh, but we don't put money above God. And and we might not just say, I'm going to just worship money. no. Our actions prove it. We may be selfish with it. We may feel like, I'm not going to help that person that's in need. What about myself? You know, if I give it to them, I'll have nothing. No, God is saying, if you have wealth, you need to be using it to do good and to help others. And still, you'll have plenty for yourself. In this case, we don't uh, want to, um, we don't want a strong root when it's the root of, of evil. We should trust God for our joy, our peace, and fun even, and and the patience and kindness, etc. If we're blessed with lots of money, count it as a blessing from God and use some of it to bless others. If you're in need of money, ask God for it. Work for it. The word says, if you don't work, you don't eat. (laughs) So often when we see these People in need in the Bible, God showed, he doesn't just throw money out of the sky and give it to them. They they have to do something. The widow woman, when her husband died and left her, you know, uh, and they had a debt and, and the debtors were coming to get her, her sons, which she needed them to help provide for her and take care of her or she would go into poverty. And, and you know, they were just in a bad position. And the man of God said to her when she went to him and said, I need help. He said, what do you have in your house? And she said, nothing but a little oil. (laughs) He said, go out and collect jars from all your neighbors and don't ask for just a few. Okay, that's work. She had to go do something. And then he said, then come back in your house and shut the door behind you and your boys. So don't let the world know everything that's going on. And he said, take that little bit of oil and fill those jugs. Now, you know, she could have said, man, what I just tell you, I only have a little bit of oil. You tell me to take that little bit of oil and fill all those jars. She didn't do that. She listened and she did what God said. The Holy Spirit filled that oil up, let it pour and pour and pour. And when she got through, the oil stopped when she filled all those containers. Then she went back to the man of God and said, I've done it. He said, now go sell them. Oh my goodness. Now you got another step. (laughs) That's work. She went and sold them. Then she went to the man of God. He said, now pay your debts and live off of what's left. Look at God. Now let's get things done decently in order. Let's pay our debts first. Oh, that used to always be a problem for me. I'd pay most of them, but then I'd see something I want, and I'm like, I can pay that bill later. (laughs) And then later it would come back to haunt me. It's like, oh, man. So I learned a good good lesson over, over my years. 
And this is what he was teaching. This is what God teaches us. And and they did. And he, and he said, you'll live. You won't just get by. You'll live off of what was left. And that's what they did, her and her boys. So we need to, you know, if you're in need of money, ask God for it. Or, you know, we need to make sure to work for it. And here's another thing that we miss. Pay your tithe. That's 10% of what you make. Yeah, 10% of gross. <laughs> Pay 10%. You won't be sorry. You're giving it to the church. You're giving it to the ministry, wherever. If your your ministry is this podcast, you're listening to, you don't have a church home. It goes to the church home first, I would say. But if you're getting fed through the podcast, then you would send, you could send your tithe here. Or you, you pay your tithes, though. Bring it to your church, wherever you're going, and you pay your tithes. Uh, so you made 100 bucks, $10 is tithe. You cannot outgive God. God owns everything. This is the one thing in Malachi chapter 3 where God says, Test me in this and see if I won't open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much of a blessing, you will not have room enough for it. Now, he said also, steal from me by not paying your tithe, and you will have holes in your pockets. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, what happened to that money? <laughs> yeah, it'll be like having holes in your pockets. So uh, that is a promise that God gives us. We don't do it just to get blessed, but we do it because we love God and to be obedient unto him. So in other words, worship God, not money. All right, point number two, we should learn how to be content in whatever state we're in. Paul said uh, in Philippians chapter four, verse 10, one of my favorites, <clears throat> Philippians four ten through 13, he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. King James Version I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is the secret to contentment. There you have it. All right. Take that and run with it and use that. Remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, no matter what your situation. So now that we understand God's way of dealing with money, we will thrive in life. Keep the following in mind. One, and the first one is one one day uh, riches, one, oh, I'm sorry, one day our riches will be gone, okay? Second, be content with what you have. Third, monitor what you are willing to do to get money. You know, keep an eye out on yourself. Check yourself. Fourth, love people more than money. Fifth, love God's work more than money. And six, freely share what you have with others. There you have it. Now, I'll tell you something that happened to me several years ago uh, with one of my business, the first business. Actually, it was a couple of smaller businesses I had, and all of them were small businesses, but they were big to me. Uh, and it was serving clean. We did staffing for parties, and we had it for eight years. 
And uh, we started off, you know, I mean, I started off with a hundred bucks starting that business and a credit card. <laughs> and God blessed me with that business. And we began to make, you know, the by the second or so year, we were making a good profit. And so much so that I was just spending money like it was nothing. And <clears throat> then it got to a point where uh, I, my accountant said, hey, and she was a friend of mine too, and I love her because she can just tell me the plain truth, and you know, that's, that's just how she is anyway. She goes, Jackie, you, you need to stop spending so much uh, TJ Maxx. You're, you're spending, you know, you're starting to spend more than what you need to be spending, and it's a concern. And you know what I said? I said, well, I guess I'll just have to make more money then. <laughs> I'll never forget those words. And that was the most arrogant statement. I never saw myself as being arrogant, but that was arrogance and pridefulness and all that stuff. And I'm going to tell you something. And I would say around that time, too, I was like, oh, Lord, use me. Use me, Lord, to do your will. And and the Lord sure did. <laughs> uh, within a few, I don't know, within a year, things turned. Uh, 9-11 took place, which was devastating and extremely sad for many people who lost loved ones. And and our business began to suffer as well as other people's businesses. We were in the hospitality industry and we worked, you know, in hotels and different event, uh, event places for when people were giving parties and banquets and all that. All that stopped. All that ceased. And I remember us going from, you know, over a hundred thousand plus a year that we made uh, for our household with just serving clean, not to mention what my husband made. Uh, and we had our own a duplex that we had turned into a single family home that we had worked on. Every house we ever lived in, we worked on. My husband knows how to rehab houses and did really well. And, and we always, you know, we would help. <laughs> and so you know, things got so bad. My husband ended up getting sick, had a heart attack and in the process and uh, was off from work. And then, you know, we weren't getting any business. And so everything spiraled downhill. I mean, from six figures to barely making $10,000 a year, uh, waiting on his disability to kick in. Uh, me ramping up, trying to get more business going. It was crazy. Uh, we lost our duplex. Um, we had to file bankruptcy. Lost it uh, while moving. Uh, God blessed us with a, with a place. Uh, it was really hard. <laughs> um, our credit went down to hell. Uh, we Our credit score, everything went downhill. Uh, financially. God blessed us with a ranch style house that my husband wanted. Uh, he wanted a ranch. It's very, it was like half the size of where we were. Um, and trying to fit everything in that little house was really hard. So we had to let go of a lot of things in the middle of the move. Our car broke down and my sister Jill let us use a van of theirs and we were grateful it was snowing and and then one of the windows on her van wouldn't go up. It was just one thing after another. <laughs> but God in the midst of that blessed us greatly because we truly saw 
what our wealth was. And our wealth was the love of God. And where we might have had an extra $100, $200 in our pocket all the time, I barely had two pennies to rub together during that time. And I'll never forget how much closer I was to God. And I truly heard his voice and him giving me instruction and showing me my true self and areas in my life that I need to change as he prepared me for the next phase of the ministry, a great ministry work he had for me to do. And that also included this. <laughs> and I I remember we got down to one, we had two vehicles, we got down to one that we had to share. And my husband and I had gotten distant. We had been so used to going different directions and we had to share a vehicle and we had to talk to each other. <laughs> that was amazing and how God was he was healing everything. I mean, even it seemed like it was hell breaking loose in our lives, but God brought us together, even with our children. Uh, they worked summer jobs and they's like, Mom and Daddy, we can help. And they would pitch in. It was just this great love fest <laughs> in the midst of what seemed to be devastating and God brought us through that. It was three years and we never missed a meal. We never missed a payment on the uh, place we lived in. Oh, and two, uh, we didn't have the down payment, all of it. We were lacking a thousand dollars. And so I asked my brother if I could borrow it from him and had a payment plan. And I really hate to ask people for money. You know, that was that pride there. And uh, so I asked him and he goes, sure. And I met him and um, I said, and here's my plan to pay you back. And, you know, he goes, no, no, you're fine, Jack. You're fine. You're fine. And as I was riding off, driving off, he called me and said, you don't have to pay me back. And I just cried. It was just, you know, to see God working and then all of that. And then after that, three years of living in that house and it was our home and it was amazing that we turned it into a home. It was, even though we had to get used to something way smaller and we did, and it was awesome. And uh, God blessed us uh, through my sister, Jill, again, uh, they were buying properties at the time. And she said, Hey, we've got this house that looks just like y'all. <laughs> And that meant it needed a lot of work. <laughs> and it was a nice neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, we looked at it. We're like, oh, yeah, it needs a lot of work. And because uh, <clears throat> we our three-year lease was up. And we were. I was like, okay, Lord, what would you have us to do now? And that's when she called. And we said, okay, we'll take it. And we rented it from them for a couple of years. And then we owned it. And we rehabbed it and turned it into our home that we live in to this day. And it's been about 20 years. And I saw God do great things and still seeing him do great things in our lives. And us getting things in perspective. And I'm saying us, but it was more so me. <laughs> My husband, I wouldn't say it was him. It was me. You know, I, I needed to shift in the way that I was using money and the way I saw money. Uh, money is a means that gets me from point A to point B. It is not my savior. God is our savior. So let's not allow money to destroy our lives. Uh, it is necessary. It's something we need, but we don't need to love it. 
like that. We only love God. We don't love in, in inanimate objects. We love God. Now, if you don't know him as your savior, that would be the most important thing you could ever do in your life. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org. J-A-C-K-I-E, be like boy, U-Y, C-K-S Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, don't forget to check us out on TZoneKC.org. Learn more about what we're doing in the community with our youth, teaching them workforce skills and life skills, entrepreneurship development, uh, peer mediation, and sex and human trafficking awareness. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.